Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. We're going to talk about prepay today and all the risks and also benefits that go along with prepaying for crop inputs. We'll also be taking your calls and agronomic questions throughout the show at 844-44-AG-PHD. And you can always email us, radio at agphd.com. In fact, I'm just kind of sorting through some of those emails right now thinking, wow, how many of these can we actually get through on today's show? We got quite a few questions today. Don't worry if we don't get to yours today. We'll uh, we'll get to it as soon as we possibly can here. It's There's some great questions on a variety of different topics. Uh, our, our topic today, again, is prepay and the risks and benefits. But, of course, you can ask a question on anything. Uh, one of the one of the questions that we get a lot on prepay is how do you do it? Do you go field by field, or do you just do an overall game plan? And and here's an example that came in. All right, let's just say that I had three thousand acres of farm ground, just for a round number and just for easy figuring. Say that I had a corn, soybean, wheat rotation, and I'm doing a thousand acres of each crop, so one third of the farm to each crop. Do you just figure general fertility overall and go with, all right, I'm using a 120, 60, 40 plan, for example, on this crop. Do I just figure that times a thousand? How, how do you guys do the game planning? It seems like it's a lot of work if you get more specific. I agree. It is a lot more work, but I do think the right way to do it is field by field planning and going through you know, whether it be with a spreadsheet or whether you're doing it all on paper, I, I, I don't care. Whatever is the easiest way for you. For me, uh, doing it on the computer would be the easiest way. And, you know, a lot of these things, if you say, wow, man, it's going to take a lot of time to set that up. Many times it is just a one-time setup when you figure out, just for example, use an Excel spreadsheet. And uh, I would say it's probably one of Brian's favorite inventions uh, in the history of the world is a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet because you can put formulas in there to figure things out uh, of, oh, this much per acre. Well, here's how much it is for the whole field. We do a lot of variable rate fertility work and also variable rate planting populations. And to build those maps in advance is going to help you much more precisely get the inputs that you need. And I know you can say, well, if there's extra at the end of the year, I'll return it. But a lot of things that we're dealing with are in bulk, whether it's wheat seed, soybean seed, um, different fertilizer products that you're using, herbicides and crop protection products that we're using. We deal with so many of those things in bulk. And you can say, well, it's fine if I carry a half a shuttle over till next year. Maybe. But, man, if I could hit it just right... I don't have a whole bunch of money just sitting around because I don't know if this is how it goes on your farm, but what happens on our farm is sometimes that partial jug or that partial tank, well, we decide we want to switch products the next year and then that doesn't get used up or we have good intentions of, oh yeah, I'll use it. But then it's kind of a pain in the neck to to go grab that partial shuttle and, and use that for something when we could just bring a full shuttle to the field and and work all day off that. So sometimes those partials left over um, either don't store well, don't last long, or just get forgotten about. And then all of a sudden you end up with this. Uh, I had a great example. This is probably from 20 years ago now, but there was, was a farmer who had passed away and he had, you know, half bags and half jugs and something sitting in the corner of the shed. And 
so the the farmer that was taking over that operation said, huh, well, I recognize the product names here. And he started using some of those products. And I remember I was at a, a university meeting and, and the um, weed, extension weed scientist there said, did anybody happen to notice that field a couple miles up the road? There's a strip through the field that looks like uh, this. And, of course, about half the room had come from that direction and said, yeah, we, we did notice it. What was going on there? And he said, well, I didn't know, and I'd never seen anything like that. So I went and talked to the farmer whose field it was, and uh, and he started telling me about how, well, the previous owner of this farm had some leftover stuff. And so he was just using it up at labeled rates based on what it said on the bag or the jug. And sure enough, one of the things was not the original product. And so that's why I don't like to have extra stuff sitting around. I like to get it all used up. But I also like to be as precise as I can. Uh, so back to the example of a 1,000 acres each of corn, soybeans, and wheat. You start planting field by field, and to me, it just gets you thinking about more things. Like, oh, yeah, that field has this problem or that problem. Or, oh, yeah, that's the one that has had some white mold in the past. We better remember to to pay a little bit more money here and make sure we get the fungicides that we want or whatever our program is going to be. Because so often what I see is we get to the middle of the growing season and farmers are running out of what they prepaid for. And now they're paying a much higher cost for some things in season. Or maybe they took home 500 gallons of, of some product and they really ended up using 450. And that extra $50 times uh, or 50 gallons times 80 bucks a gallon could have been $4,000. They could have prepaid the other odds and ends that they needed, like insecticide or fungicide or something like that, and, and could have had that at prepay price. So all those little things on the farm, it's one thing to say, well, man, we, we had a great year on the farm. We made lots of money. But it's another thing to just be careless and to say, gosh, over 30 years, or not even so much careless, but just not paying attention to the, the last little details. Because those things, and my dad was really big on this, they add up over 10 years. 20 years, 30 years. And I know Brian often at some of our meetings will tell the story about how we used to have uh, glass bottles of soda at the, the gas station just down the road from our farm. And so if we were riding along with dad and he had to fuel up, well, Brian and I, as normal kids would do, would start begging for one of those sodas. And sometimes dad would relent and say, you know what? Yeah, you guys have worked hard today. You can split one. And we thought, what? We can't even have our own soda? And he's like, oh, boys, that costs 25 cents. And you know how much 25 cents is 10 years from now? And he'd start running all the calculations. And that was enough to run us off. But it did get us thinking about that. And it's something, a lesson that we've we've brought through to just how we do things today. Uh, if we're wasting a little bit here and there, uh, it, it's going to add up for sure. So when we talk about prepay, we want to do everything right because uh, on paper, you can make your farm a lot more money. We'll talk about prepay, and we'll also take your calls and questions coming up next. When it comes to protecting your field from disease and environmental stress, there's Revitec fungicide, <laughs> and there's everything else. When it comes to unparalleled power, there's Revitec <laughs> and everything else. And when it comes to speed and stamina, this is Revitec. And this is everything else. Nothing else comes close to Revitec fungicide from BASF. Always read and follow label directions. 
Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with fierce herbicides from Valent USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Waterhemp. Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of fierce herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit valent.com fierce to find the right fierce formulation for you. Always read and follow label instructions. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, talking about the risks and the benefits of prepay. Maybe thinking about that as we near the year end here. And I know for our firm, it's always something that we're looking at. What What's our level of income? What's our level of expense? What do we got coming up? And can we save some money by doing some prepay on, on various things? Got Ryan Peeper with us right now with TopCon. Ryan, how you doing? Hey, pretty good. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. Uh, you, you hear about this all the time, about prepay and, and what's happening on the farm. It, I mean, it's one of the fun things about cash accounting, but it does force us to uh, do a lot of book work here in the month of December. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, just this week, we've been down at the um, at the Lincoln Farm Show here in Nebraska, and man, there's a lot of traffic at this show, and I think it's it's certainly on the minds of these growers as they're nearing the end of the year. You know, the good news is I, I think farmers have been pretty much upbeat about every meeting I've been to or, or gathering. Guys have been pretty upbeat about next year. What what are some of the things that you're hearing guys getting prepped for? Yeah, producer sentiment, I feel, is, is really good as well. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of smiling faces and happy with some yields that came out um, this year. So we've been talking a lot about, you know, trying to do the right thing on the fertility, fertility side with our with our ISO control on uh, on some of these fertilizer spreaders and and uh, manure mixers and excuse me, feeder mixers and, and uh, manure trailers and that it's, it's been really fun this week, just kind of talking to some growers through some of those solutions. So, you know, as, as we think about this, it changes so fast. And of course you're with top cons, you're, you're certainly aware of how, how quickly things are changing in agriculture and, and guys are gravitating towards a lot of different technology ways to, to help them manage it going forward. What are, what are some of the things uh, coming into this next year that, that guys are, are talking about looking at? Well, I just, you know, TopCon doesn't necessarily have a product in, in this space uh, at the moment, but I just attended a, um, a session here at the show on autonomy and watching some of these startup companies with some, with some solutions that are very real um, that I think we all need to be thinking about and, and seeing some results from these, 
from these machines and some of the data, it's, it's, it's really crazy. Um, kind of seeing some innovation back in precision ag again, um, you know, and, and being in this business for a number of years, there's been a lot of things come and go, but I think this one's pretty neat and, uh, really looking forward to seeing what kind of comes out of that. Yeah. You mentioned you're down at the, the farm show down in Lincoln, Nebraska. What, what are some of the big topics there that you're, you're hearing from farmers? You know, we've seen a lot. Like I mentioned, there's an innovation space for this autonomy. Obviously, the biologicals and that still um, are, are a large topic. And then, you know, there's just all the traditional things where um, just trying to sit down with a few of these growers and trying to help help them solve whatever it is next that they're that they're up to. So um, there's quite a buzz. I, I haven't seen a farm show this busy in, in quite some time, uh, as we've seen down here in Lincoln this week. Yeah, you mentioned uh, uh, just how guys are, are asking a lot of questions, trying to solve some of the challenges they had come up this year. And boy, if you don't address those and you don't fix those situations, they don't seem to go away on the farm. <laughs> that's a that's a fact. We we talk a lot about you know measuring before we have to control something or before we can control something, we have to measure it right. And so you know, some of the sensors and things that the TopCon can deliver um, has been some fun conversations this week as well. Um, we had some fun, uh, of course, with your team and, and a few customers this fall with our, our smart cart solution and just starting to think about, you know, that grain that's coming into the grain tank and doing a better job of managing uh, those loads and, and kind of understanding your trucking lo- logistics a bit better, um, you know, working through another sort of wrinkle in that harvest um, challenge with with all of the the moving pieces uh, that the smart car solution has been a fun one to um to kind of watch this fall coming out of harvest and and talk with some growers about. Well, you're right. All those management things, and I guess it kind of goes back to a story I was telling a little earlier today. Just every little dollar here and there that that could get wasted if we could manage that right, man. Over over a ten year time period, you think about how much more money we could make on the farm. It, it's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talk about ROI a lot, you know, from, from some of the early days and guidance to some of the, you know, savings we're seeing and better managing uh, manure, for example, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, with the cost of some of these um, inputs on the fertility side today, just doing the best job you can with some of the, you know, some of that, um, you know, the feed comes on the farm uh, in, in one form and leaves the farm in, in another. So um, doing the best job with that uh, free input that's coming off the off the farm is something that's been a good one to visit with some producers about this um, this week as well. Yeah, and that's a it's a great point to to wrap on here too. Is just we've got to have some numbers to be able to manage things even better. One of the companies that's that's helping us do that with some of the great control systems out there has been Topcon. Talking with Ryan Peeper here. Ryan, good luck to you down in Lincoln. Sounds like you're having some fun down there. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the show goes well. Yep, sure appreciate it, Darren. We'll look forward to talking to you soon. You bet. Thanks. Let's head over to Iowa. We've got Charles Brown with us right now with Iowa State. How you doing, Charles? Pretty good, Darren. How are you? Well, I'm good other than we've gotten out of the being in the field segment of the year that I really love, and now it's the, the book work and running the pencil on things, and that can be a little challenging sometimes. Yeah, you're like most farmers. They'd much rather be out there in the tractor, the combine, than sitting in the office. Yeah, well, we get out of the most fun time of year for me, anyway, is harvest. I just love harvest time, and then yeah, we have, now we have to run all the numbers. Now, fortunately, we made a little bit of money this year on the farm, which is great. Now it's how do we keep our taxes down? How do we get the best deals on everything? And December kind of offers us some opportunities with cash accounting to do both. 
Yeah, with with cash accounting, what happens with uh, this time of the year with a lot of farmers is a lot of a lot of checks get written that last week of December. Uh, they're they're prepaying expenses, and uh, they can prepay for seed, uh, fertilizer, you know, chemicals, uh, fuel. Uh, they can e- they could even prepay up to uh, uh, next year's rent for 12 months if they wish to. And they have to work with their landlord to make sure that the landlord, whether or not he wants that income in this year or not. But uh, but the, for prepaying expenses, they can prepay up to um, 50% of their farm operating expenses, and that does include depreciation. So that's a pretty sizable sum when you include the depreciation in there as one of the expenses. Uh, what they have to be concerned about also, though, that when you're prepaying those expenses, uh, if you don't have that product in hand, you're going to be kind of careful who you do business with because you give somebody a check and, and they go bankrupt tomorrow. Uh, basically, they got your money and you have no product. So be careful who that you do business with also. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. That's that's a big one. And and everybody just assumes, well, you know, things are going pretty good in ag, but that doesn't necessarily mean that particular business is doing great. So, yeah, you, you do want to be a little bit careful. Now, you, you can take product home in many cases. So say that you, you prepaid on some fertilizer. Well, you could bring it home and put it in the shed or the same with seed, those kinds of things. But uh, sometimes uh, the seed isn't ready or something's not on hand. So you're right. Sometimes you just leave and leave a check and hope that it all works out in the end. That That is one of the big risks. Yeah. The other thing with prepaid expenses, too, uh, you really need to be prepaying for a certain expense. In other words, so many tons of uh, P&K or so many bags of seed corn or, or, or seed beans. You can't just make a deposit. Uh, that does not count as a prepaid expense. Yeah, and that's a surprise that that it seems like every year some farmer catches on to that uh, due to an audit or maybe just a visit to his accountant that, well, wait a second here, you can't just drop $10,000 at that supplier for fertilizer and you have to say specifically which product and what price and those kinds of things. And, you know, just a good reason to to work with a good accountant too. Yeah, and IRS also states that you, you you can't prepay expenses just to get a tax deduction. Uh, has to be some incentive to do that. Uh, you're trying to uh, you know, get a discount for prepaying early, or you're trying to ensure supply. I mean, usually you can have a pretty good reason for prepaying, but uh, you don't want to tell IRS you just did, did that you did it to get a tax deduction. Well, it's been pretty easy the last couple of years. Locking up supply is a good thing because <laughs> supply issues have, have certainly been uh, been a challenge, no doubt about that. But, uh, hey, uh, life goes on on the farm. We still have a crop that we're going to be putting in each year and have to care for and do all those things too. So uh, prepaying is, is certainly one of the one of the things in agriculture that, that can offer farmers a chance to make a little bit more money because they know what products they're going to ultimately use. Talking with Charles Brown here at Iowa State. Charles, thank you so much. You brought up some great points. We really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. Talk a little more about prepay, and we'll take your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. We'll be right back. 
What does it feel like to get all for none? How does all the Thanksgiving turkey with none of the cooking sound? All your football team's highlights with none of the timeouts. We'll do you one better. What about all the benefits of a new Farmall utility tractor with none of the finance cost? Welcome to Farmall A-Days. For a limited time only, gain 0% financing for 48 months or a cashback offer when you invest in select Farmalls this holiday season. There's a reason they call it a Farmall and not a Farm None. Visit caseih.com slash offers to learn more about these special offers running now through December 31st. The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. That's why Morton Buildings ensures that every machine storage and insulated workshop we build will provide superior strength and durability. As a 100% employee-owned company, we're all committed to being the industry leader with a focus on innovation, service, quality, and most importantly, customer satisfaction. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. How can natural products help you raise bigger and better crops? I am Darren Hefty. In recent years, natural products have exploded onto the market, claiming to improve soil health and plant development. There's a lot to sort through. That's why we're devoting a full day to our Ag PhD Naturals Workshop. It's Thursday, January 12th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. Our research team has spent years testing hundreds of natural products, and we want to share with you what we've learned. For more about this free event, go to agphd.com. It's planting season, race against the clock season, mistakes can't happen season, and no one helps you face it all like John Deere. Putting technology in your hands that gets you in and out of the field faster, that makes your spacing and depth more accurate, and that gives you the confidence that this season will be your best season. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground. Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient Flutriafol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. Growers and retailers are sharing their Zyway brand fungicide success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. Team B wants to help make your holidays John Deere green. With in-store selections of toys, lifestyle products, and collectibles, we have something for everybody. Make a list, check it twice, and find that perfect gift at your nearest CNB store. With 10% off going on now through December 31st, don't delay, shop today. Get your planter ready for spring with Germinator Closing Wheels from Farm Shop MFG. And now, when you buy 12 rows or more, get free shipping or 20% off an end zone bin system. Offer good while supplies last, so order yours today at farmshopmfg.com. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking about prepay and some of the risks and benefits. And I mentioned you really need to have a good CPA and make sure you're doing things right and you're getting full credit for whatever you're doing. Um, we got a CPA with us right now, Paul Niefer, uh, CPA, top producer, columnist, and podcaster, the also known as the Farm CPA. Uh, Paul, you're always putting out great stuff, and this time of year, I bet you're in high demand. I, you could say that. Actually, I'm headed uh, to do some speaking in Illinois to about 350 farmers. So, uh, yep, that's uh, that's exactly I am in high demand. All right. So when we're, we're thinking about this prepay, I mean, for me, it makes so much sense. If I have some money and I can save money 
buying seed, for example. I think about every seed company out there has some sort of discount if you commit by the end of the year. Well, I want to do that because I know I'm going to use the seed. So it makes a lot of sense for me just from the standpoint of I can get the best deal of the year right now. Uh, I know there's more to it than that, though. Yeah, no, there's actually two separate things you have to watch out for. First, you have to make sure that you're actually prepaying an item. You know, you just I've seen too many cases where it just shows a deposit for supplies or a deposit for chemicals, whatever it might be. So you, you essentially, as the farmer, need to have an invoice that says, hey, I'm buying this quantity of this chemical for this price per quantity and then an extension. So you want to make sure that you have that. And then secondly, you can't buy too much. You know, you can't buy three years worth of supplies. Uh, there's a potential limit of 50% of your all your other farm expenses outside of the farm inputs outside of the prepaid so you definitely got to be careful to make sure that you meet both tests uh, so the, the one area where I see the most failure is not the 50% I see the most failure on the invoice not being correct yeah and I know from the retailer standpoint we we hear a lot about that 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 uh, agronomists get trained on this that hey you have to do it the right way even if your customer doesn't demand it because they're going to need to know and I mean are there things that are that are tricky about that it seems pretty straightforward no it is it is pretty straightforward now the you know one area where the IRS sometimes you know if you're saying you're buying this chemical and you end up buying you know you get delivered a different chemical uh, that can be a problem, but if it's due to the fact that the retailer ran out of the chemical or wasn't able to provide that chemical, you're going to be fine. Also, if your operation changes, you know, you add on more acres, uh, you know, that's going to be okay. You can actually increase the amount that you end up buying, so that's that's also okay. You know, I, I was talking earlier about planning field by field, and at this point, I, I don't think that has any repercussions here as far as disqualifying you from prepaying an expense or anything but but just a matter of getting getting more down to uh, the the fine details because i find a lot of growers that you mentioned you can prepay up to 50 percent of farm expenses but many times growers are mostly concerned about their pre-emerge herbicides and their seed and their fertilizer and they kind of forget about well you know what i normally spray a fungicide i normally spray an insecticide and they end up paying a lot higher prices for those by not prepaying right right no you're like i say i typically don't worry too much about the 50 percent test so you know if you got you know fungicide that you know you're going to apply a little bit later in the season if there's certain chemicals that you're going to be spraying later in that season, um, you essentially can prepay a full year's worth of supplies. So uh, I, I would not worry about just doing what you think you might use in the first three or four months of the year. You know, the other piece of this, not just the uh, the inputs and the expense, the other side of this is the income. And, and I do find farmers about every year that, once they start running the numbers on things, and maybe it's that they get some really good deals on, on some of the inputs and end up prepaying more than they intended to, but uh, some guys needing some income right at the end of the year. Uh, is the IRS worried about that if the last week of the year all of a sudden we're selling some grain and we haven't done so for a couple months? Uh, no, you know, the IRS really doesn't look at that. Now, what they might look at is let's say you sold some grain at the elevator on December 20th, 
and they mail the check to you, and you don't deposit until January 3rd, January Sure, trying to to for when you buy or oh hey hey Paul we products throughout the year. Our conne- uh, hey Paul, they're just more interested in when you actually get it. No, oh, when can you say that one more time, Paul? Our connection cut out there for just a second, but you yep. mentioned all right. You sold some grain on December twentieth, but you didn't bring the check yes. to the bank until January. Right. If you bring the check in January, and if you end up getting audited, they're going to want to verify that you didn't have constructive receipt of that check before the end of the year. So that's the one area where you're going to be concerned. Just selling something at the end of the year and reporting that income then is not a big deal, especially if you're prepaying a bunch of farm expenses. Yeah, there are a lot of different expenses on the farm, and and I know for for us we think about, okay, seed, that's something that's going to get used up next year pretty easy. How about with equipment? How about with drainage tile? How about some of these things that are going to depreciate out over many years? Well, you got one more step with that. You got to make sure that it's in service. So just simply prepaying for tile that hasn't been put in the ground doesn't give you the deduction. You know, prepaying or paying for equipment that you haven't received, uh, that doesn't get you the deduction. So the key is you have to have that uh, equipment available or you have to have that tiling actually placed in the ground. Um, one thing that Charles Brown uh, had brought up, uh, Charles, of course, from Iowa State, he, he had just brought up, you know, there is a possibility if your landlord was, was okay with this, you could potentially pay next year's rent payments ahead of the first of the year. Uh, do you see that happening very often? Yeah, I see that happening sometimes. Now, a lot of times, let's say the farmer writes the check on December 31, mails the check to the landlord so the landlord receives it after year end that landlord's going to pick up that income in the following year and the the farmer gets the deduction in the current year. Now, when that farmer sends out the 1099, you do have to go through and maybe reconcile that on the Schedule E for the landlord. But that that does happen now with high cash rent prices and so on. Uh, Some farmers, especially with interest rates being a lot higher, a lot of those are waiting till March to make that payment. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. <laughs> the way cash rent has gone now, uh, that's that's a pretty big bill. And, uh, well, I guess you could sell some more grain now if you thought the, the market situation was right or whatnot. But, yeah, there's there's uh, a lot of things that we do think about with prepay. What are a couple of things, Paul, that would be helpful that, that a lot of farmers don't think about that, that might be beneficial for them to consider this year? Well, I think, you know, we have higher input costs this year. The more that they can review those inputs to determine sort of what's getting your best bang for your buck, so to speak. You know, if you can prepay this input and save 15% versus one that might save you 2 or 3%, you know, you sort of have to optimize what that that level is. And then also, definitely this time of year, uh, you know, be be working with your tax advisor to sort of optimize where you think you want to be. Also take advantage of those deferred payment contracts. So if you shoot too high on prepaying too much, you can actually bring some income into the current year to help offset those prepayments. 
There's a lot of things to think about, and it's uh, super important you talk with your CPA to make sure you're doing these things right, because it's big dollars anymore for, for all the expenses on farms, even if you aren't farming that many acres. Uh, one of the best in the business is Paul Niefer. We love to bring Paul on whenever we can, and I know you're super busy this time of year, Paul. Thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on. Where can where can growers find you? I know every time that we have you on, we get a lot of people saying, man, where can I find that guy? How, how can I get more information? Well, certainly a couple different spots. You can go to agweb.com, and uh, you know, the blog is there. The podcast is just called The Farm CPA. That's available on Apple and Spotify. I uh, also have our regular uh, blog site at farmcpatoday.com. And if anybody ever wants to reach out to me, just have them. Uh, they can give me a call at 509-961-9739, or they can send me an email at paul.neeper at claconnect.com or they can send it to my personal email farmcpa at outlook.com outstanding paul thank you so much we really appreciate it you're welcome thanks darren talking about prepay on today's program but also taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD we'll be right back Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. The Pentair Hypro Express Flush Valve reduces plug nozzles and improves cleanout of your spray boom. Simply flush boom sections with a quarter turn ball valve and leave your tools in the cab. Plus, insulation is easy. Simply remove the existing end cap plug and replace with the Hypro Express Flush Valve. Learn more at Pentair.com slash Hypro. Did you know that more than 50 weed species will survive the winter? Get a jump start on spring with a fall burndown herbicide plan. Weed Control in Fall provides big benefits including more flexibility, less need for tillage, and a stronger start come planting. New Farm offers a strong lineup of proven herbicides to reduce the weed seed bank and protect your crop, from harvest to canopy. Go to newfarm.com slash uscrop slash fallburndown2022 to learn more. If you understood everything on a soil test and could make your own fertility plan, you think you could cut your farm's fertilizer expenses? Maybe you can increase your yields. Why not both? I'm Darren Hefty. We want to empower you to make your own fertility decisions. That's why we're devoting two full days to our Ag PhD Soils Clinic this year, January 10th and 11th at the Morton Center on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. This could be the two most important days you spend in your farming career, and it's free. So register now at agphd.com. It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at-plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented, season-long, inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. My mom's got a new Case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. Sand in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car, steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. 
Agroliquid is precision crop nutrition. That means being committed to product performance, to research and field testing, and to superior agronomics. Most of all, Agroliquid is committed to delivering precisely the right nutrition in the right way, including seed-safe planter plus side dress applications and foliar applications with low burn risk. Agroliquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Hey everybody, come on in. The Ag PhD mailbag is about to begin. Thanks for joining us today on Ag PhD Radio. We've been talking about prepay and some of the risks and benefits that go along with that. Um, but we've been getting a number of questions on other topics, and we want to dive into those also during the Ag PhD mailbag time. Again, it's 844-44-AG-PHD if you'd like to call in, or you can email us, radio at agphd.com. Get this one in from Colton up in Alberta, and he said, Guys, we're having issues on our no-till ground that has very pronounced pH stratification. Our 0 to 6 inch deep soil samples are as low as 4.9 pH, but on average they're around 5 to 5.3. The 6 to 12 inch samples, though, are sitting in that 7 to 7.4 range. I'm wondering if tillage or spiking this ground could hopefully help move our pH higher. We're in East Central Alberta. We're growing small grains, oil seeds, and corn for silage, and we've been no-till for about 15 years. Now, a reason for asking this question is we have disked the headlands of the field, tilling it up to clean the ruts, and uh, we've seen a noticeable difference in just how the plants look physically. Just wondering your thoughts on this. Lime is extremely expensive uh, to truck here, so I don't think that's a great option for us. Well, Colton, thanks for the for the question, first of all, and also thanks for doing those 0 to 6 and also 6 to 12 inch deep samples. For uh, a lot of farms, uh, they just end up looking at the top 6 inches of soil, which is uh, helpful, but also knowing what's going on down deeper is really important too. So we get this a lot of times, hey, if I put lime on the surface, am I going to change things down in that 6 to 12 inch zone or is most of the change going to happen in the top 6 inches? Uh, Our experience has been we will make some change down a little bit deeper, but for the most part, it happens in the top six. So you could lime it and that would be just fine. But I kind of like your idea here. If you tilled it up, let's just say that you, you're averaging five, two or so and, and down six to 12 inches, you're averaging seven, two. Well, if you took an equal amount of each of those soil profiles and you did 12 inch deep tillage and you ended up with a 6.2 pH, in our experience, that's been awfully good for small grains, oil seeds, and corn, like you're you're doing. Um, if you were raising alfalfa, well, that likes a pH a lot closer to seven, and in that case, I'd say you know you're probably stuck to do the lime. But with the crops that you're growing, uh, I think you could do this, and I think it could work out pretty good. Now, uh, you can certainly do it on a small scale, like you say. You've already done some some experimentation by disking up the headlands of the field and. And you're seeing a difference, but that disc I'm betting probably isn't getting down 12 inches. So you may do some different types of tillage and see what the responses are. I, I'm assuming there's a pretty good reason why you went no-till. Um, 
it doesn't have to be something where you're doing tillage every year, but tilling once sounds like it might make it make good sense. Now, Brian and I have talked about this kind of thing on our farm. Brian thinks that every once in a while it might not be a dumb idea on some of our ground to get the plow out and stir in, uh, stir that soil up a bit. And I'm, I'm not a big fan of that because my biggest concern is erosion. And Brian said, well, what if we just did strips or what if we just did a field or two and spread our risk out that way by doing a field or two each year so we aren't taking any big risk that a massive rainfall event or something would come through just at the wrong time. And that might be something you do too if you say, gosh, I've been no-till for 15 years. I like almost everything about it except for this that we're driving our pH down. Uh, The other thing that I would look at too is just why is that pH moving down? Many times what we see on our farm and and others is that soil compaction can cause an issue, which it sounds like you were trying to deal with, uh, at least on the ends of the fields. Um, Soil compaction limits root depth. And when you have more roots in a very shallow space, you have so many roots that are kicking out acids into the soil trying to make nutrients soluble. So that can cause a problem. The other thing that can cause a problem in lower pH that I see commonly is too much nitrogen application. Now, I'm not sure what you're putting on that corn for silage or what you're putting on your small grains. I'm assuming you probably aren't putting a whole lot of nitrogen on the oilseed crops, but take a look at that a little bit more and maybe do a few samples as you're going through a production year on on each of those crops that you're putting N out on. Because what can happen with nitrogen is if you've got excess nitrogen, it will eventually convert to nitric acid. And as it moves down through the soil, it will strip out calcium and that's going to lower your pH. So I take a look long term at, okay, Uh, We've done no-till 15 years. Our pH dropped in the top six inches. What can we do to change that going forward if we think that's a big problem? And then, yeah, uh, your other part of the solution is the tillage. And, hey, I'm all for it. Let's let's try that. Try it out on a small scale. See if it works. If so, you can do it on more acres. Hey, thanks, Colton. We really appreciate the questions. That's uh, that's a good thought-provoking thing. All right. uh, I got this one from BB, who... uh, evidently thinks we're a little bit nuts uh, on the topic of pesticides and soil microbes. Uh, in fact, BB says bug in a jug. So you're going through the list of what can survive the onslaught. Um, and just talking about, boy, there's a lot of, well, I'll just read it. And with a limited number of species compared to thousands of naturally occurring fungi and bacteria, this doesn't come close to having the full suite of organisms. So he's talking about applying beneficial microbes to the soil that we wouldn't be putting on the diversity that's out there. And you're 100% right about that. Uh, and he makes a specific comment about fungal ry- mycorrhizal fungi that they won't proliferate under some of these conditions we were talking about and of course what about earthworms too you know what there are a lot of living things in the soil and as farmers we are super concerned about that we want to have great soil health it helps us in so many ways it helps break down crop residues it uh, it helps break down nutrients in the soil and making them into available forms for our crops to take up there's so many beneficial bugs out there that work symbiotically with our crops and science is only starting to understand some of those there there are just so many connections there there's no question about it um 
so yeah, there's it's a really big topic, BB, and and you know what? Um, there's certainly some some valid points that you make there about there being lots of different types of bugs out in the soil. What, what's happening many times in the as we call it the naturals field of agriculture is science is finding okay, hey, this strain really helps with some problem that we're having, and when something gets out of balance in the soil, we're seeing some farmers start to try to address that. That hey, I'm having trouble with phosphorus uptake. Let's, let's work with some beneficial microbes that we know are phosphorus nutrient solubilizers or, like in the case of mycorrhizal fungi, known to work symbiotically with plants to bring in more phosphorus. And just starting with that, not that that's going to change everything out in the soil because in many cases, farmers are putting just a small amount of product in furrow in a small little band. Well, in that case, how much are you going to change it over that huge volume of soil? In the top six inches of soil across an acre, there's roughly two million pounds of soil. If you're putting out a few ounces of microbes, you aren't really going to change anything on a big scale. But you could help you get, get your crop off to a little bit better start. And for the most part, that's what folks are trying to do. So thanks for watching. Really appreciate that. Thanks for, for the feedback. Uh, we do appreciate that too. And, and good luck to you. All right, uh, next one comes in with a couple of soil samples, and I'm not going to be able to get through all these before the break, but I'll, I'll just start off here a little bit. Uh, this one comes in from Cam out in Idaho, and he said, Hey guys, I uh, wanted you to look at a couple of samples for us here. We have pivot irrigation, and we've got access to a lot of dairy manure. Um, just curious what you see on the soil samples and uh, what you would do to manage them. Uh, okay, so got two samples here that came in from Cam. I don't know how many acres these these cover. I guess the the first thing I'd say is we, we really do like to see how things vary across the field. We love zone samples or grid samples just to to see because a lot of times if you just pull one sample, you're often mixing little pieces of soil in from all over in a field, and uh, it's hard to to truly identify problems because you're going to get an average of what's going on in the field rather than seeing where there are some extremes or or some deficiencies out there with just one sample but um, but there is some good information here to to work on so uh, we'll get to cam's question right after this break uh, and if you have a, a question for us if you get a soil sample like cam uh, you can email them to us at radio at agphd.com and you can certainly just give us a call at 844-44-AG-PHD we'll be right back It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Come to Commodity Classic. Commodity Classic. Commodity Classic. Come to Commodity Classic. Please join us in Orlando, Florida in 2023. Join us in Orlando for Commodity Classic. The best and most progressive farmers know Orlando is the place to be March 9th through 11th, 2023. Discover more at commodityclassic.com. Get the most out of every acre of your farm by attending Ag PhD's workshops and clinics this winter. I'm Darren Hefty. 
My brother Brian and I are hosting several free workshops throughout January and February with seven full days of events on the docket, including agronomy workshops in corn, soybeans, and wheat, a tiling clinic, two days dedicated to soils, plus a whole day devoted to natural and biological products. We have a lot of great information that we can't wait to share. And best of all, these events are free. Register today at agphd.com. This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow legal instructions. At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive, today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Utricia N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. What does it feel like to get all for none? How does all the Thanksgiving turkey with none of the cooking sound? All your football team's highlights with none of the timeouts? We'll do you one better. What about all the benefits of a new Farmall utility tractor with none of the finance cost? Welcome to Farmall A-Days. For a limited time only, gain 0% financing for 48 months or a cashback offer when you invest in select Farmalls this holiday season. There's a reason they call it a Farmall and not a Farm None. Visit caseih.com slash offers to learn more about these special offers running now through December 31st. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. And I got a couple of soil samples that came in from Cam out in Idaho. And this really relates to pretty much anybody that, that is using manure and has irrigation. Uh, either of those individually or both. And in this case, Cam's got both of these on, on these couple of samples that he sent me. Um, just looking at the, the samples, one says west and one says east. So I'm not sure... Um, again, how many acres each one represents or anything like that. So looking at, at soils with pHs uh, right around 8 in both cases, um, looking at cation exchange capacities right around 20 or, or low 20s. So we've got some heavier soils with high pH, and we've got irrigation. I don't have a sample of the irrigation water, and I also don't have a sample of the manure that's getting spread out there to to know what's going on with each of these things. So I see base saturation potassium is uh, anywhere from 6 to 9. Uh, so the 6 is great. The 9 is a little excessive. But more concerning on the base saturation test is the sodium levels six on one of the samples and about five on the other. So we've got a lot of sodium out there. And when I also look at the salts, I see those running right around three. Uh, so soluble salts at three and sodium levels anywhere from five to six. That's a lot of concern for me. If I was spreading manure on this ground, I would say stop spreading manure for at least a couple of years and see if we can turn this thing around. The other question that I would have, though, is what is the water quality like that's getting used? When you think about it, if you're putting an acre inch of water out, it's roughly 27,000 gallons. That's roughly 200,000 pounds 
of product that you're putting out in your field just with one inch of water. And if you're in uh, Idaho and you're irrigating with, say, 10 inches of water in a year, um, that's 2 million pounds. That's just as many pounds as in the top six inches of soil. So you've got potential there to really change things. I was talking to another grower from this same area, and he mentioned before they started adding manure, his pH was 7.2, and now his was around 8. And I'm not sure if the same thing was happening to you, Cam, but uh, it may be something to take a look at if you got some fields that you haven't spread the manure on. You could just simply be overdoing it a little bit. And I, and I get it. It's a challenge for a lot of folks if, if they've got a lot of manure to get used up. Uh, they don't want to haul it too far because it sure adds a lot to the cost and it takes a lot of time and everything. But sometimes spreading it out on more fields is, is a little better deal if you put too much on one field the buildup of salts and and ultimately the buildup of nutrients, which most farmers, including me, are kind of happy about. Well, that's no big deal, right? Buildup of nutrients, but the buildup of salts is a big deal. So I would get a sample of the water just to see what your water quality is and get a sample of the manure. Uh, Normally what our rule of thumb is, is we don't want to go more than 500 pounds of salt per acre per year. That's assuming we've got a 25-inch rainfall environment. Uh, so we get enough water to move things through. And then, of course, you have to look at compaction and uh, internal drainage in your soils and all those things. But start with getting a manure sample and getting a water quality sample just to see where you're at. That may give you an indication of where the problem is coming from. Hey, Cam, thanks for the samples uh, for sending those in. And again, if you want to follow up with manure and, and water quality samples, we'd, we'd be happy to take a look at those, too. Got a lot of questions on fertility analysis. This one comes in from Amar. He said, guys, I'm new to farming. And I've got a 20-20-13 analysis on this bag of fertilizers. That's roughly 20% nitrogen, 20% phosphate, 20, 13% K2O potassium. But I'm just wondering, if that's 20 plus 20 plus 13, that's only 53. What's the other 47%? in the solution. Is it micronutrients? Is it something else? Well, hey, Amar, thank you so much for for the question. And yeah, this pertains whether it's lawn fertilizer or or things that we're putting out on the crop. Uh, Oftentimes you you see an analysis like this and yeah, it doesn't add up to 100%. So it is a good thought to think, well, what is the rest of it? Well, chances are it could be the carrier. So if you've got fertilizer applied to uh, a clay prill or clay granule, something like that, um, that could be the other half of the weight in the bag. So it's good to look at what the concentrations are, but as far as what the the other inerts are, believe me, it is not free nutrients that you're going to get. I'd be really shocked if it was. Um, Chances are you're looking at inert carrier in there. So anyway, you can ask specific questions of your supplier just to see that it isn't any different, but I'm guessing it's it's, uh, whatever the carrier is that's in the bag. Thanks for the question, though. Really appreciate that. Um, we've been getting a lot of questions around fertility work, and and it's part of the reason that in today's topic we decided to uh, discuss prepay and some of the benefits because fertilizer is certainly one of those big expenses on the farm, and um, that's that's one of the things that that we're thinking about. Of oh man, that's going to cost a lot of money. What can I do to to get the best deal on that and, and how can I use it wisely and those types of things. Uh, occasionally we get questions that come in from college students and I, I wanted to get to one of those and I thought this one was pretty good. Uh, one comes in from NC 
Uh, he says, hey, guys, big fan of your show. Always learning more. I'm an agronomy student at South Dakota State University, and my family recently acquired a new piece of ground. We had it zone sampled, and just kind of curious what you guys think um, might be out of order or what could use some fixing up. Hey, thanks, NC. We really appreciate that. And um, looks like the field might potentially be over in Minnesota. Um, so just looking through, the first things that we're going to look at are soil pH, and you've got pHs anywhere from 57 up to 7.8. So right here is just a great example of taking a, a zone sample or even grid samples to see what some of the variation is out in the field. Uh, so it says the average soil pH is 6.1, but when you look through the individual samples, um, most of them are higher than that. So there, there's going to be some low pH out there and some high. So it, it's good just to on our farm, one, one thing that we've learned is when we do smaller grids or smaller zones, we can identify where there are problems that we need to fix so we don't waste any money. So like, for example, at that 5.7, let's just say that you, you realize, oh man, I have so much pH that's down into the fives. I want to get that up into the low sixes and I want to apply lime. I would want to know exactly where the pH is low. So I don't spread lime on areas that are high pH and create more issues for myself. So just your soil pH alone is enough to, to kind of trigger a few things of, huh, I might want to have a few more samples out there to take a look at just to see what the variability is. Now, uh, next thing that we look at cation exchange capacity, we've got anywhere from a 16 up to a 36. So you got some heavy spots out there and um, and some lighter spots. And that could be another thing that you manage. Now, 16 is not sandy or anything like that, but you're certainly going to notice those 32 and 36 CECs where you got some heavier ground out there. Uh, they're going to hold water a little more. Um, they could be a little stickier uh, and tougher to get in. Uh, I guess you just have to see. Uh, but there, there's definitely some variance there. One of the things that I noticed, too, you've got a lot of calcium in a lot of those soils. So it looks like we've got a really high calcium soil, very low potassium soil. So to me, I'm going to try and build up potassium over the years. Our uh, parts per million on phosphorus, we've got a number of those samples that are in the single digits. Um, that means you're going to have to apply a lot more phosphorus out there to try and start building those up a little bit. And then I look at your micronutrients and I see there's some micros here like zinc is really low, copper's low, boron's low, manganese low, uh, and in a lot of cases iron's low. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to have a lot of build to do. So to me, I look at it as really the only big challenge I've got is I've got some pH variants out there to start with, and I've got a lot of calcium in, in certain areas. I'm, I'm just going to start working around that and I can start building up all the other nutrients in my soil and, and get going. So congratulations on getting some new ground. I don't see any problem with the ground other than that it's just kind of run down a little bit in terms of the nutrients that it's got so you can just start building and um, being a college student uh, I'm not sure exactly if this is your ground or or anything that way or if it's just your family's ground um, I would look at well how am I going to build it and over how many years am I going to do it Brian will talk sometimes on a show about, well, I, I own some land. I've got some good a good level of equity out there. I can just, if I need to spend $500 on fixing everything up out in the field, I can do it in one shot. But, of course, we couldn't do that back in our 30s and even 40s. So um, 
how fast you do it, I guess that's totally up to you. To me, I just start looking at least at what's my crop removal going to be for this year. And let's see if I can put a little bit more on with each of these things as I can afford it to try to build things up over time. Hey, NC, thanks for, uh, thanks for the question and good luck with your schooling too. Well, thanks for listening to our program today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.